I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic, where we get to know the people behind the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Novelli. And we're excited to tell you about our new shirts that have just arrived, and uh, you can pick your own up on our website. Uh, there's a link in the show notes, and if you use the code BTAROCKS, you will receive 10% off your purchase as our little way of saying thank you. This week, our guest is Christine Infinger out of Chicago. She's a personal assistant to musicians, dog lover, and Michael Bolton expert. Christine helps artists with social media, fan engagement, business plans, email correspondence, and more. She also runs the music blog 30 Roses, where she posts music industry news and articles to help today's independent musician keep on top of what's going on in the business. Christine's been a friend of the show since the beginning, and we're excited for her to share her tips and insights with us. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thanks, guys. We hey. did not do that intro more than once. Um, it was what, first time. Definitely always. not. Always first time. Totally always first time. So yeah. now that yeah. I feel like, um, I think that was five <laughs> minutes worth before we even started doing the, uh, the interview. So now, now that I feel like a total loser, loser. Um, I want to make <laughs> you feel like a loser. So tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Oh my gosh, the pressure. Um, three things about me. Um, first and foremost, I think music is the most important thing in the world. Truly. Um, Hallelujah. I think peaches are completely creepy and should be illegal. And my dog Billy is my favorite person in the world. Okay, we got to go back to peaches. What do you got against peaches? <sighs> Can I guess? Can I guess? Is it the yeah. texture? Is it like yeah. the furry kind of texture? Yeah, they're just gross. Christine. Yes. I would Russ. like to get your thoughts <laughs> on. Um, when, when is it time for an artist to kind of start expanding their team? Like what, what are the signs that they need to start working with other people like yourself uh, to handle their business and all the other kind of stuff that goes along, uh, you know, with what they do? I'm laughing, Christine, because you can use me as an example if you'd like. I think it depends. I think, I think it comes in different stages. I think, I think when you're at a point when you're overwhelmed for various reasons, I think it can... <laughs> And it might not be because you necessarily need a full-time publicist or need a full-time manager or need a full-time booking agent. Sometimes you just maybe don't have an answer to a question you need and you can't find it on Google or you can't find a reputable source, but you maybe need someone to reach out to somebody on your behalf. Um, and that's kind of what I do. Um, and it sort of happened accidentally. That's kind of how I fell into my my role Is is this sort of mishmash position helping with all these weird little roles that artists need filled but sometimes artists don't need you know the team Beyonce might need to assemble but they still need someone to maybe help with social media once or twice a month or they might need someone to reach out to bloggers a couple times a month and I think once you're at the point when you're overwhelmed 
or you just don't know if something is the right decision, that's maybe the time to maybe reach out to someone else. Even if you're not building a team full time, it's time to look outward. That's a great answer because you're you're basically describing me for God knows how long now, but especially lately as I've come to realize the amount of opportunities I'm not able to pursue um, because I just can't do it all, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that are kind of on the back burner just waiting on it, a long to-do list. Oh yeah, I've got to get back to that person or I've got to do that. Oh, there's that thing that's, you know, a potential sponsorship here. And, you know, oh, this, you know, there's just so many things. And, uh, you know, speaking from the artist side here, you know, it comes, there comes a point, especially when you're someone like myself, and I know there's so many of you out there that are like this, that have just done everything ourselves for so long you know what i mean it's hard to delegate but when you find someone you trust and and someone like christine for example who you know just is there for the music and for the artist i mean it's it's an amazing feeling to let someone else start doing things for you and you know just the little things that you don't think take forever it does you know it, it adds up um you know to help you further get get to that next step you know so that that, that i can definitely can definitely understand and 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 relate when that someone like you is just so valuable. You know, it's just so valuable. Yeah. And, and even though we're in a time when so many artists manage themselves, I mean, even huge artists like Linkin Park and for a long time, Weezer managed themselves. I mean, these are multi, multi platinum selling artists who are managing their careers, but you we're still at a point when venue managers won't respond to, to emails or fo- take phone calls from artists who don't have a representative they won't talk to people who don't have someone representing them because they don't look as legitimate, which is insane because how many people who are talented, who are worthy of a booking, who are worthy of an interview, but they can't get a a return phone call because, you know, it's coming from the artists themselves rather than someone calling themselves a manager. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the music industry? What led you to it? I first got into the music industry in 2001. I began working on street teams, um, primarily with um, a marketing agency based in New York. They didn't have a, an agency here, so they would send me their promotional materials, and I would just hit the streets, sending, like, giving people CDs. I got to promote the first record for Maroon 5. I got to promote... Um, the Gorillaz record, um, Zero Seven, Telepop Music, South. I got to promote all these records because there weren't any offices in Chicago. So that's kind of how I got into it initially. And then um, that led me to working for Local H, Chicago band. Um, through that, I met their message board leader and um, I fell in love with him. And we were getting, we we're going to get married. And then he ended up getting really, really sick and he died. And that kind of transitioned me into the second phase of my music career, which launched 30 Roses and kind of led to all this stuff that's happened in, in recent years, which is like totally unexpected and, and not something I ever planned on happening. How did that, like, how did that, how did you come out of something like that? And, and how do you find that it changed you? Um, it took a long, long time. Um, at first, I would say for probably the first two years, 
I didn't do anything. I was just kind of numb and just, I just kind of stuck with my very, very so close circle of friends and family. Um, I had nothing to do with music industry at all. didn't care, like read no publications, no blogs, no social media, just not, no involvement at all. Didn't think I would even ever get back involved. And then I found this online music course and I thought maybe I needed something to distract me. So it was online. It was a very slow pace. It was very low pressure. So I, I got involved with that. And I very, very slowly started to kind of feel like myself again. And I started to get an interest in something again. And we had to build a website. That was one of our little assignments. And that's how I happened to launch 30 Roses. It was just something for myself. I genuinely never thought anybody would look at it ever. And um, the, the head of this program, a man named Sean Latang, he liked what I had to say. And he sent me a message and said, do you mind if I send you an email? And I was like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Am I talking too much? Am I sharing too much content? Am I too opinionated? And it turned out he wanted me to write for his music marketing website. And so from there, these other people were wanting me to write for their websites. And that kind of gave me this little boost of confidence. Like, maybe this is what I need to be doing. Maybe, maybe this is the direction I'm supposed to be heading in. And, and that kind of brought me out of this little bubble I had, I had fallen into. And it sort of got me back into the world again. And it got me interacting with people again. And it got me more involved in Twitter. And it got me more involved in Facebook. And it turned 30 Roses into this website that people started visiting. And people started asking me questions. And people started going to my website. And then I saw my end-of-year stats on, um, from WordPress. And I was like, oh my God, people actually like are paying attention to me. And, and then I sort of turned into this consultant and then I sort of turned into a manager and then I sort of turned into this social media person. And, and that's kind of how I evolved into this weird little role that I've developed over the years. Virtual assistant. Right, right, right. <laughs> Virtual assistant. Yeah. So did you ever, if you don't mind me asking, did you ever seek therapy? After going through that? I did. I, um, within a couple of weeks, I wasn't really, I don't want to say I wasn't capable of making decisions, but um, I was just kind of on autopilot. Like my friends and family didn't really want me driving around a lot for the first couple of weeks. And so they were just helping me so much. So they got me into a grief counselor within a few weeks and they really pushed me to go, which I think helped me so much. Um, so I did that and I went to a support group and it was one of those things where we weren't married yet. So I wasn't technically a widow. Um, and I went to this young widows group, but I was so much younger than them, like by probably a good 20 years. So I was in these, all these weird little demographics where I didn't really fit in anywhere. So again, music saved me. Like it, it always comes back to music for me. Um, so, you know, more than anything, I would say music was my therapy because I was going to to seek help and, and try to relate to people. And I, the place where I was supposed to be able to relate to people, I was still the youngest person by 25 years. And I was I was the one that wasn't married yet because we our, our wedding was supposed to be in November and he died in March. So even the place I was supposed to be able to relate to people, I was still isolated and alone. And I, I don't know that you ever aren't. 
but um, it, it still was just a very, very awkward, awful time. So um, it's still kind of, no matter what situation I've been in in my life, it's always come back to music. So I guess it's not surprising that, that this, this tragedy in my life has kind of brought me back to music ultimately. You know, that's what I think. Hope that's what I hope people see about you is that, despite any anything you go through, not any, in this. First of all, thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it really does mean a lot for you to open up and share that. Um, but what I hope people see from you is that you really do find the silver lining in everything. I try. And even if it's <laughs> even if it's not a silver lining, I should say it's it's uh, something that I try to do in my life is is turning the positive. Sorry, turning the negative into the positive. And I would also say that um, I find that you really appreciate music, probably for that reason. And you're such a big supporter of musicians in general. And, and I feel that this is probably a large part of why you support musicians, because through their music, they've supported you. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to me anyway, to support musicians in any way that I can. Because even if maybe I can't call them on the phone and thank them for what they've done for me, um, I can support their crowdfunding campaigns. I can share their videos when I'm listening to a track on YouTube. I can share a song from Apple Music. I can, you know, I don't know if you saw the article I wrote about this experience, um, my grief article, but, you know, I shared my grief playlist um, and I never expected that article to do what it did. But um, just because, you know, a lot of people go through these experiences, but not a lot of people find anybody that can relate to them or, or know that somebody can relate to them and know that there are songs about this because when you're in that state, you, you're not thinking about what songs you can find. Um, and there are, there are, there are many of them and, um, and it's so important. Music is so important. That's why when we opened the show, I said music is the most important thing in the world because to me it is, it's always there for you. If you're happy, it's there. If you're sad, it's there. If you're lost, it's there. If you're silly and you want to jump up and down, it's there. Um, there's a song for everything and that's why it's important to support music and the people that make it well on behalf of myself you have actually personally supported as an artist and every yeah. artist that you do support thank you and someone like yourself who just it puts it gives meaning again to to what i do and it gives me a reason to keep on because there are people like yourself who care enough to listen and even if it's a smaller percentage of, of the vast majority who maybe listens to music as a secondary practice as background noise like i mean it means so much. It really does mean so much. And it means to, so to, much you know. to us as listeners. So keep doing it. Love Fest. Aww, <laughs> Love <Kumbaya>. Fest. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think an artist is ready to reach out to potential team members? You know, and what questions should they be asking someone like you to ensure that uh, you're the best fit for them? I think they need to be realistic about where they are. If you haven't, recorded an EP yet you probably don't need a social media manager yet because you like what are you going to be promoting or you know if you're going to talk to somebody like me or you're going to talk to a potential manager at least have a plan about okay I've got these songs written I've got the studio time booked this is my band or these are the, the musicians I'm going into the studio with this is our plan for recording we want to go on tour. These are the cities we're looking at. This is who we're talking to about booking. Have some kind of realistic plan because you can't, it's so romantic to dream and say, yeah, I want to make a record and I want a tour and we're going to get fans and it's going to be great. But that's all really abstract. And 
as romantic and wonderful and artistic and creative as the music industry is, if you want to be serious about it, you have to look at it as a small business and you have to run it like that or you're going to not get anywhere. And I'm pretty sure you'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, I can't believe I'm saying a friend of mine, Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional. I feel so cool right now. Um, he, I was oh, recently talking. So about, fancy. I was. I was. Uh, <laughs> he was recently talking to me about how. Um, I mean, he's an artist first and foremost. But the interesting thing is, you know, at a young age, he was suddenly an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why he's successful. It doesn't mean he wasn't a complete creative artist. wasn't It doesn't right. mean that he was thinking about business when making music. But after you make the art, and I've, and I've actually said this for years, which is interesting. You know. Um, when I'm making the art, I'm making the art, nothing else is influencing. But when that's done, when you're out of that mind, now it's like, okay, this is great. I'm either going to keep it for myself or how do I get it out to people? How right. do you get this out to people? Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's where, I mean, you can do a lot on your own, but you know, it, when you start growing, you start growing, that's a good thing. You're growing, you know, and that you're outgrowing your, your own resources. Yeah. Why is it that you choose to work with several artists that are just, coming up or, or maybe half, half established, I'll call them. <laughs> um, um, you know, why do you choose that over maybe locking in with a few select artists? I think it's probably because I saw so many artists at a very vulnerable stage get so much really bad information. Um, I mean, we know the internet, there's information everywhere and there's free information everywhere. But is it good information? Is it accurate information? Um, And I guess for me, it's more important to work with a bunch of smaller artists who don't, you know, have the budgets of, of, you know, more established acts than it is for me to work with maybe, you know, those bigger artists, um, because I want to know that they're on the right path. And I want to know that I'm, I'm helping them get better information and better education so that they they do have the knowledge base to go on and self-manage themselves or or at least be on the right path to build a business for themselves because like you said it is absolutely creativity first it's the music first but like I tell everyone I've ever worked with and I've written so many articles about this the more you have a business foundation for your music the more creative freedom you will have the only reason, whether you love them or hate them, Radiohead and U2 and all of these bands can do whatever they want to do is because they had ma- managers that were smart enough to create these contracts that let them get away with anything. Like they own all of their music. They own the rights to everything they do. I kind of just want to jump in a little bit. Um, yeah, please just do. You've been back. so quiet. I've just been listening intently. Full disclosure, Ross got one hour of sleep last night. You know, when you were talking about artists treating um, their art like a business, as someone who works with artists, I find that the artists who are best to work with are the ones who do treat it like a business because they're more serious and they understand what they need, you know, what, what, what things need to be done and, and kind of how to make stuff happen. Whereas when you, when you work with an artist who doesn't really have any kind of business knowledge whatsoever, even the smallest part, it can be really difficult to get that end result because you just don't know, they don't know the right questions to ask. They don't know what it is they need from whatever you're providing for them. So I think it's so important that they have at least some of that education, whether it's through you, through hopefully our show, through, you know, blogs or anything. There's so many resources out there. And I think um, 
you know, I'm sure, Christine, if, if someone was to reach out to you and say, I'm interested in knowing more about this particular topic, you'd be happy to point them in the right direction, you know, to find, yeah, to find that. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's not me, then I'll, I'll happily help somebody find the right resource because it's, sometimes it's not me. I mean, it might be something that's totally out of my depth or a genre I know nothing about that they need help with or... Um, I, I'm not somebody who will, who will make something up or pretend I have knowledge I don't have just to get business. Um, and it's very important to me to maintain my integrity, especially yeah. in a, a business where people don't often do that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, it's always great when artists reach out and, and want to just get any kind of information. And if that, if that person that can give them that is me, that's awesome. And if it's not me, then I will send them to you, as you know, <laughs> or, um, or, and, you know, all kinds of blogs. There's so much great information for artists, but it, they have to be willing to ask yeah. and they have to understand that they need help with the business stuff to make the music stuff a success. This actually leads perfectly into my next question for you. Um, it's almost like you knew what was coming. Um, a lot of the time, I, and I know I've noticed this in a lot of Facebook groups that, that we're both members of, people post about um, they feel like they need to delegate stuff, but they don't know what they can or should be delegating to other people. So in your experience, what are some of the kind of common things that people can and should be delegating out when they get to that kind of overwhelmed stage? I think that's kind of a loaded question because I think... They know they should be delegating. They think they should be delegating. A lot of the times they know what they should be delegating, um, which is usually things like um, when they are releasing an album, submitting it for reviews to bloggers and, and publications and things like that. But what I found, and this might, have, this might be the biggest challenge I face, um, so many artists are so used to kind of just taking charge and doing things on their own that there it's not even a reluctancy to turn over the the controls but they're just so used to doing it automatically on their own that like will contact the same people because I'll do it because they've paid me to do it they've hired me to do a job and I'll I'll do it and then I'll say okay this is what I've done I've contacted these people and these people and these people and they'll say oh well I just contacted that person the other day so there's this miscommunication that happens because while I'm doing the job that they've wanted me to do, they're also doing it because they're used to doing it. That makes it. everyone look bad. Right. Yeah. It makes me look unprofessional and, and they're not trying to do that, but it makes them look like they have a team of idiots working for them. Um, and I don't think it's, it's necessarily an artistic control kind of thing. I think it's more that they're just so used to just doing everything themselves and having their system. Um, but it's, it's, there's a point when even if you know you have to let somebody else help you and, and have, you know, your team members or whatever, you have to let them do what you're paying them to do and, and what you're delegating these tasks out for. From the, from the, I guess the musician in this conversation, um, the, the entrepreneur musician, I guess. Feel no, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying it's, it's amazing. It has. To, we all have the different outlooks. What I'm saying on that is, I completely agree with you. You know, I completely agree with you, and I think it comes from the place of um, one. The delegation 
um, it, it's scary because you have to trust that person, especially, yeah. I guess I can speak as a solo artist, especially it's like your faces, <clears throat> your image and everything. And, um, and you're allowing someone to represent you, but also in the other sense, it's, um, don't sabotage that, you know? And if you're, I, I think again, in my experience, the reason I've over the years learned to do so much different stuff is out of necessity, out of having to do it as you're growing, having, um, limited resources, you know, financially and everything. But as you build that up and you're able to get someone in, let them do it. Let them do it or else you're yeah. just shooting yourself in the foot. I think I think it's more almost like an autopilot thing than a a conscious awareness thing. Hopefully if you're watching the show right now and you're an artist and you you you're welcome for introducing you to Christine because uh a virtual assistant. I mean, what more could you ask for? She comes in and maybe like you kind of, maybe you grab the broom and you sweep all these little things up and you're like, oh wow, you didn't realize there's a whole garbage full of junk guys that you guys aren't even taking care of. Let me sort through it slowly. <laughs> Christine, Uh-oh. are you ready for 20 questions? I'm afraid of what you're going to do to me on 20 questions. Christine, 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 you know us. Right. <laughs> That's why you're scared. Yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. All right. Bring it. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Veggies. That's why we're becoming friends. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter always. Indie or major? Indie. TV or Netflix? Netflix. Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash? Oh. Yeah, you have Come to answer, on. Christine. You're That's just dead air time. Me. Come on. Come on. Time is ticking. Come on. Okay. Johnny no pressure, Cash. but answer, answer. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Talent or attitude? Attitude. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Orphan Black or Doctor Who? Uh, Doctor Who. Oh. Education or experience? Experience. Hockey or baseball? Hockey. Kirby enthusiasm or 30 rock? Curb. Good. I met Larry David. Woo! <gasps> Toy Story. Or, I know. I feel so. I feel so special, huh? I'm just like I'm putting so that out there jealous. to make myself feel cooler. You well, know I'm I mean? friends with someone from 30 Rock. Oh no, you're not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying. Toy oh, no, Story or Monsters yeah. Incorporated? <laughs> oh come on! Ah, oh, Toy Story. Batman or Superman? Batman. Twerk or work? work so this one may be tough for you michael jackson or michael bolton michael bolton come on um, yes yeah oh. see this is why we brought her on. i am an expert on michael <laughs> bolton remember <I> well <laughs> and yeah <laughs> yeah and in christine's email the avatar for me is a picture of michael bolton oh my it god is. are you for real like yeah. full-on 90s super long hair oh my god it's the bolt we know and love <laughs> so ross usually asks this question so i'm gonna try to ask it like he would whale <laughs> okay can i say both um, as long as you're not you let both. other people get away with uh, with that kind of BS on this show. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? I'm more of a fan of Marilyn Manson, but I ever knew since you and Celine, I would get along. ever since Celine Dion's husband died, we have this weird like kindred spirit thing. So I, that's a tough call for me. Bette Midler or the Riddler? Bette Midler. And now you Finally. have to pick between your two favorites. No. You know what's coming. You know Will what's not. coming, Christine. You know what's coming. Dun, dun, dun. You know what's coming. No. It's coming. Here's where I'm different. 
Everybody, no, like nobody else has had the risk of getting fired from a job. <laughs> and I do. Yeah, I guess full disclosure, Christine's been working with us for the last two months, this summer, basically. Last, something last like that. Months. So, well, I guess by the time this airs, probably like the last three or four months, unless something happens where we stop working with each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, she's been, she's been brought onto our team. Uh, along with Chris Keaton, so uh, and, and she's um, she's been taking care of our, our bookings, I guess, and in emails, right? So, so uh, w- which goes along with we should have brought this up, but this goes along with the show. What you know, not just not just artists when they need to know when to bring someone on. It's it's two weird co-hosts from two sides of the world that get overwhelmed with things growing, they which cry is a good on thing. Skype together. <laughs> well, one of us do, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> me you know and uh we decided you know to, to bring someone on to take care of all that and uh i mean not only has it freed us so much to to start growing in other avenues and start um start uh, growing the show you know and and trying out different uh segments and just all the different things that are going to be re- being rolled out over the next little while you know but it it's 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 just freed us off a lot you know and it's it's great to have that someone else take care of that because i think neither one of us like doing that you know so um it's a and what people don't realize it's not just a simple email i mean some people you want to get on the show and it sometimes takes months you know mm-hmm. um and you also got to filter through the people who might are just maybe not ready for the show yet you know um but anyways that's like i don't my understand that we're that we're a podcast not a magazine yes they want to sometimes be in our magazine uh yeah. to whom it may concern to him or her um pet peeve uh, in life to, to yeah. jeff yeah jeff <laughs> i don't know who jeff is but we should get a jeff and start sending all the stuff to jeff yeah. That can be my Bridge the Atlantic nickname. Everybody Jeff? has a Bridge the Atlantic nickname. I don't have one. I don't have one. You <laughs> do. Mine. You're M Dog. Oh, I'm M Dog. That's right. And Ross You're is M-Dog. Robocop. Robocop. Chris Keaton is C Notes. And Christine is we we invite we invite our we invite our listeners and viewers to help us come up with a Christine. That could be mean name. Okay, but you're not getting out of this. Who are you picking, Ross or Mercio? I don't know. It's kind of like the Celine Dion, Marilyn Manson thing. I'm obviously mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and Ross is I'll clearly the very I'll be Celine. Celine. She won Eurovision. I'll be Celine. Because, <laughs> like, you wrote this song is not for you. Which I did. If it was you ever finish your record, ever, Marcio, when you, um, when I get my pledge, like, you know, gift or whatever, you're sure. so handwriting that song for me. Oh, cool. Because that was the thing I chose. But um, I love that song. It's my favorite one of your songs, which you know, because I tweet all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So you wrote that song and you're Canadian and hockey comes from Canada. So you have that advantage. But when I first got back into the music industry, I don't know if you guys do this, but you have weird little like things that kind of reaffirm you're doing what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like Like, getting picked by a guest on the show sometimes. Makes me think, yeah, I should keep doing the show. <laughs> well, anyway, so I was in a really bad place and I was like, not sure I, I should be doing anything at all. So one day, Ross followed me on Twitter. Oh my God, this electric Kiwi guy, actual people who know things follow him and he just followed me. Maybe I'm actually supposed to be doing this. So Ross was like, a, an an a, an affirmation for me. So I don't know. I refuse to pick between you. I oh, won't I do it. I think you just did. 
No, I, I think so you just didn't. did, Christine. I think no. I've I think she takes. I, don't I like think sports. she's taking. I'm from Canada. She's taking a and there's piece hockey, of each of us. And there's cockey. And, and you I, I can't stand competitive sports. The only sport I do is is running. You know. And, and, I don't play <laughs> hockey. I just like it. And you, you know, wrote one Christine, of my favorite songs. You of all people, that's that's true. That's true. But you of all people have, have, I think, tuned into probably more shows than anyone we know. You know, there's the option of picking both of us. You know, I you, did you pick can both. Combine I our, just said our, that. our names. I think we've had what Ross. Oh no, I mean Moss and Rossio. Moss and Rossio and yeah, Rossio. Rossio is kind of cool. That sounds Rossio's like a dog's name. name. Come on, Rossio. Woo! Rossio. 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 Can you say your name, puppy? Rossio. <laughs> that's oh, where we've wow. gone. We've spiraled. We've oh, wow. spiraled. Out of control today. <clears throat> so, Christine, yeah. our, our virtual assistant that we know and love and that I'm sure that everyone tuning into this is, is, is definitely going to be checking you out because they're going to be interested in what you do, whether or not they need your services or they know someone who does. Where is the best place that they can find you and connect with you online? Uh, my website is 30roses.com, all one word. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at 30Roses, and I'm also Nora Barnacle on Twitter. And you can find us, as in the show, on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube. Just search for Bridget Atlantic. You'll find us. Come say hey. Uh, you know, we always like chatting to you. If you have any questions, let us know. Um, but yeah. As for me, I'm working on my second solo album, and you can be a part of it at marcinovelli.com slash pledge. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which are all my name. Marcio Novelli. And I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. Well, this is going to be weird. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton, the rock star advocate, Buck Naked Soap Company, 30 Roses. Who's that? Who's that? And Social Surge. <laughs> All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they keep this show alive. Thank you, Chris. And if you want to be as awesome as them, you can uh, sponsor the show from as little as a dollar per episode. Just go to patreon.com slash Atlantic. We've also got our top tier package. You get a free t-shirt. Um, so go check it out. See, and they are, their t-shirts are pretty awesome. I'm just, I'm just going to go on this whole harp, but like, I mean, look. I, mean, I know it I looks good on me. I know everyone's thinking, but will it look as good on me? Yes. I have confirmation that... Possibly um, better. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there are lots of colors. Highly unlikely. People, there are lots of colors. Seven different colors, and um, I mean that's just another way that you can help keep the show alive. Christine, oh my gosh, thanks so much. This has been a really fun interview. It um, has. Thanks, guys. Come back on anytime or not. You or not, know where you to find to. me. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping artists because uh, I, I, I mean, keep I, helping us. I wish I knew. I wish I knew you years ago or, you know, I, I kind of wish that I knew even the concept of virtual assistant. I think it would have helped me out so much. But you know what? It's, it's all happened now. Maybe for a reason. I don't believe anything. Else <laughs> <to> <laughs> We're just going to pretend <laughs> that. I can't stand when people say that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome. And we'll see you next week. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.